Welcome to Books, where two guys tell you about the books they're reading. I'm Rob Olson. And I'm Livius Nedden. This is going to be the second ever extended version of Patterson Watch in that uh, Bookshots <laughs> launched, man. We talked about this a few weeks ago on an interlude, I believe. Yeah. Um, uh, bookshots, we're, uh, we're excited because we actually have a Bookshot player coming up, although I didn't see it in the immediate release schedule. Mm, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think we ever heard a timeline on that one, but you're talking about Rob Hart. I am. Rob okay. Hart, friend of the show, has a book shot um, that I, I believe will be coming out. I, I really stumbled across this because either Patterson, Patterson's people are paying Amazon a lot of money or Amazon was super stupid excited because I actually got a notification that like book shots were available. Like it, it alerted me on my phone. Like, like notification at the top of the page kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, you sent me that. Uh, you did like yeah. a screenshot of it and sent it to me. That's hilarious. Yep. So um, I guess we'll talk a little bit more about bookshots and maybe our opinions on them after the, the review. But um, we are going to do so it launched with two. Um, the first one is a Alex Cross story uh, or book novella bookshot, I guess. Um and you know that would be ideally the one to do because Patterson actually wrote that one. Like there's no co-author, but we do have an attachment to this particular bookshot in the way that it is the sequel to Rob's favorite book of 2014. I think it was right. Uh, try 2012. Holy shit! Has it been that long? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So yeah. we reviewed Zoo, and I know Rob probably knows that because you went back and listened to the episode, didn't you? Um, no, but I did go back and I read my chapter breakdown, um, and it was September 2012, I believe, was the actual, uh, when we, when our episode posted for that. Holy crap. So, yeah, yeah. it's a much longer ago than, than I, I thought, but yeah, so we reviewed Zoo. Um, any thoughts on what we gave that as a, as a rating? It was either, I can't remember if we gave it zero, I think it was zero stars, right? I, I don't remember. Like, we defied yeah. the star system, I think. It, the very most, I think... Point five. I mean, if only I had a spreadsheet or something where I could go back and find that information. Okay, <laughs> it's not that important. We did not. Um, we did not rate it well. I guess is what it really comes down to. Um, now, I mistakenly, in conversation, and I don't remember if it was on the podcast or not, said that the Zoo TV show was canceled. It was not canceled. It is renewed for a second season. That is devastating. I would like to make that correction because I don't remember if we were off the air talking about that or if that was actually on the podcast. So, at any rate, hopefully season two is not this book shot. Yeah, yeah, this is pretty much garbage, but... Um, <laughs> Spoiler alert. I think we're going to get into that. Hang on. So, oh, I found that. I found on the spreadsheet. Let's go to the record. Zoo. Livius, you gave it zero stars. And I gave it zero stars for a grand total of zero stars. Carry the one. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, let's see if Zoo 2 fares any better. Yeah. Here's a little bit about um, the authors, plural. James Patterson has written more bestsellers and created more enduring fictional characters than any other novelist writing today. He lives in Florida with his family. Max DeLalo is a novelist, playwright, and screenwriter. He lives in Los Angeles. How in the hell did someone from Florida and someone from Los Angeles write a book together? Uh, well, I mean, it, it, you know, 
this is the the age of the internet. I'm yeah. thinking it's probably not that hard to do. I'm I'm mm. not sure how much writing was done on the part of James Patterson. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. So, and we know from the article and stuff that we read that um, co-author Patterson novels, um, like Patterson has final approval and like does maybe some editing and some steering of the story. I think so. I mean, he, he seems to be pretty open about the fact that. Uh, you know, he, he's not putting down 50% of the words. So, right. so to be fair, I, I, I think he's pretty open about that. Um, yeah. But man, what a way to get your book onto a bestseller list, right? Just have James Patterson on it. Yeah. I mean, see, if I was ever a novelist, that would be my first thing I tried was get James Patterson's name on the book. Then you'd become a bestseller. You don't even have to work. That's it. Like, that's the surefire kind of way, right? First thing I'd do if I was a novelist is try yeah. to get myself a, a spot on booked. Yeah, well, <laughs> are you kissing up to yourself? I, have I don't to, really understand. Man. All right, <laughs> just in case, what happens? What happens if I write a book and I'm like, Rob, we need to interview me, and you're like, uh, I don't know. I'm like, I'm like, but I said nice no. things. Do you remember when I said if I was a novelist? <laughs> the first thing I'd want to do. All right, that's a good point. All right, I'll remember yeah. that for if you ever write a book. Yeah, Rob, will you, will you kindly read the synopsis for for this for this fine fine uh, novel? I will, and it starts out really confusing because that line, the first line I'm about to read, is part of the synopsis, and it is bolded the way that I put it in the document that we share. So uh, it's confusing, but here we go. Will the last humans on Earth? Please turn out the lights. And Livius, I want you to remember this line for later on when we have a discussion about something that I pointed out that you already are arguing with me about, because mm, the population comes into question later on. So, will the last humans on Earth please... What the fuck does this line even mean? Yeah, right? That's what, I mean, that's part of this. Like, if you go to, if you go to Amazon and you look, that's part of the synopsis. I don't get it. Um, not really sure exactly what what it has to do with the rest of it, but I'll read the rest of the synopsis. James Patterson's zoo was just the beginning. The planet is still, and that makes me think that James Patterson somewhere has a zoo, and that's kind of tickling me a little bit, but <laughs> um, the planet is still under violent siege by ferocious animals. Humans are their desperate prey. Except some humans are evolving, mutating into a savage species that could save civilization. Or end it. There you go. Zoo 2. Zoo 2 is the name of the book. Zoo and the number 2. It's the new zoo review. So I wanted to call this episode. Can we call this episode? Can we actually just have it listed as new zoo review? No. <laughs> God damn it. Sorry. I can Rob a link to the new zoo review um, theme song from that. Um, we, you know what? Had had we not played that music with the episode last time, I'd consider it. But it's already it's kind of played out. It's one of the brightest things I've ever suggested. It's, I mean, that's like that one time. Like when we used to do music, you're like, man, we have to do this um, party party song. And I'm like, we've used that song like three times, and, and you're like, <laughs> you could never have enough Andrew WK. That's all I'm saying. There's every never, time every episode should start with Andrew WK. Every time there's even like a mild thing to celebrate, Livius is like, "We have to use this song as it's the first, as if it's like the first time he's ever mentioned it." Uh, anyway, this <laughs> book starts off years after um, the end of Zoo. Is it four years? I believe. Does it say that somewhere? 
Yeah, well, he says he's been living like he was living with the president for a while and they've been living like uh, in the Arctic Circle or whatever. So I think it was four years. See, now I was looking into this like you'll see that I made a note. Um, the The place that they're staying, it says they had lived there for four months before. I mean, for four months. And that was after living for a while with the president. Um, but the president went back to the United States to... Uh, you know, take care of business, take care of animals or whatever. Business. So my my impression was it was like around a year or so. I don't think it ever said four years. I know they were in that the place that the that the story starts it. They were in there for four months. All right, so maybe four months. Um, so we'll assume, kind of like Rob said, maybe then it's been a year. As you can tell. All right, so here's what happened. I started reading this book at five in the morning on my phone. Because I was awake and couldn't sleep, so maybe a little bit of the beginning of this is a little, a little hazy. Um, but it, uh, it, it it picks up with the protagonist from from the first book, um, Oz, and uh, him and Chloe are, are married and, and they have a child. Um, the child's four. That's what it is. That kid is. Four yeah, the kid's four. Yep. Right. Okay. So they are living above the Arctic Circle, and it starts off with crazy action where he is being chased by it was it bears? Is it bears that are chasing him? A, a female polar bear, yeah. and I only, I only know it was female because way too much detail is given in certain parts of this book. Okay, um, so basically that's the setup: is uh, they're living above the Arctic Circle. He's being chased by a bear. Of course, he uh, manages to uh, survive, and then um, his wife scolds him for being careless and having to run away from a bear. Now, I'm going to pose a question to you before we move on with the with the explanation of what happens in this story. If you discover that all of the animals in the world want to kill humans, what would the first place you would go for safety be? I um I don't I've not put any thought into this I I, I honestly don't don't know I, I'm guessing you have a place I mean it wouldn't be where there's fucking polar bears I would like I would choose to go to the place where like there's the most like harmless animals well right? but okay but I think part of that is that there's not a lot of animals living in that climate so there's gonna be like ferocious penguins and the occasional polar bear penguins are Antarctic they're not Arctic um there would be but they said there was like elk or something, right? Elk are massive, aren't they? They're like yeah, big they are, yeah, they are big. I don't know, man. I'm just saying, like, I, I don't, I don't know if I have an a, an answer either, because there's going to be big animals pretty much everywhere. But like, well, but it's not just big animals. So through the course of this book, let's let's get this out of the way now. <laughs> Nobody in this book is attacked by the same type of animal that attacked somebody else. Did you notice how much thought was put into picking a new animal? Oh yeah, yeah. So it's like every attack, and then wolverines, and, and the goddamn ridges. horses, right? And then horses. So it's it, there is no like I, I don't know what the most common animal in the world is, but I would imagine if you're in Paris, um, where part of this book takes place in France somewhere. I'm assuming Paris, right? Was that correct? Paris is in France. You would imagine the dogs, right? Because that's a place where people own dogs and, and whatever. Yeah. But no, even in Paris, there are attacks by like three different types of animals. Just yeah. to make sure they don't cover the same one twice. Oh, I guess my main driving point for this would be I wouldn't go where there's polar bears. Like, they're already fucking scary when they're not, like, programmed to kill, to, like, attack and hunt humans. I don't know. 
So um, I think I could whip through the um, actual storyline pretty quick if you would allow me. Please, so. be, be my guest. Um, Oz is contacted by other scientists who um, work for the government um, because something big is happening and, and they, need, they need him. Um, he drops off his wife and his daughter in France um, with uh, where her parents are. And the rest of the book is spent um, trying to figure out if his wife and kid are okay. That's well, yeah, that's pretty accurate. Like, there is the whole they pretend at being scientists who are studying slash trying to find a, you know, a solution for the problem. Which, if you think about, and I don't think that we have to worry about spoiling Zoo One because we already reviewed it and it came out like four years ago. Fucking, he had a solution. F- fucking in the first book. So we talked about this a little bit before the, <laughs> the podcast. Yeah. Cell phones, right? Cell phones, basically, were what were yeah. causing animals to go crazy. But yet here it is, one it, plus year later. It was cell phones and um, uh, using, like, fossil fuels, like I think, right? Like mm-hmm. cars? Yep. yep. And, um, and at the end of the book, and like you said earlier, the president said, hey, we're not going to do any of this shit anymore. They, they stopped using cars and phones, and there was a significant drop-off in... Um, animals trying to attack people. And right there, you're thinking, problem solved. We stopped doing that. Animals stopped trying to kill us. Life is good. I do want to say in the book, though, that, that he did a, maybe a little bit address that by saying, yeah, for as long as that lasted. So it's kind of a little bit of a throwaway, but at one point. But what does that mean? That basically we were like, yeah, fuck this. We need cell phones and we need cars because we got to get places. So we'll deal with some of this shit because. So they're just they're just gonna accept the fact that animals are trying to murder them all the time. Pretty much, but let's talk about this. They're above the Arctic Circle, where I imagine there was not a lot of cell phone use going on, and probably yeah. not a lot of cars being driven around, and a bear was still chasing them. Well, yeah, that's. I mean, let's not let's not presume that they're writing a, a rock solid story. First of all, <laughs> yeah, okay, all right, let's do that. <laughs> the other um, catalyst for this story is, now here's the thing. I don't know. Maybe there won't be any more zoo novels, okay? But we introduced a pretty big, pretty big, you know, catalyst, um, protagonist, whatever, right? So so if if you're planning on reading Zoo 2 and you don't want to hear spoilers, you should probably just turn off the, the podcast and, and go back and listen to our last review or just wait for our next one. But humans are now becoming, is it? It's feral, right? Yeah, feral, yeah. right? Feral. Humans are now becoming feral, and that's really what Oz and his uh, ragtag team of scientists are traveling all over the globe trying to, to figure out in, in this uh, novella. Yeah. Um, God damn it, man. This is just so fucking stupid. So, um, fucking the humans, for some reason, start to... And this is... All right, so here... Here's the the unique part of it. So it's not just that the humans are freaking out and deciding to kill other humans, because they are doing that. But for some reason, when they go feral, animals are back to, uh, you know, not attacking them. So the feral humans are are actually kind of driving away the rampaging animals. Um, why? I don't know. I couldn't like I couldn't really wrap my head around that one at all, um, but that's what's going on. But the feral humans want to kill other humans, 
like the animals want to kill humans, but the animals are now kind of being scared <laughs> away by the feral humans for a reason. I think that um, a little bit of that, and now I'm going to try to explain this like if maybe I was the author explaining this to my editor who's going, what the fuck did you just write? Let's take a step back and think about this. Most animals um, will run away from humans. And when I say most, I'm sure it's a high percentage. Most animals don't just see a human and attack, which is why we have the book Zoo, right? So it's almost like because the animal, the humans are affected, the animals go back to reacting the way they would around humans. Like if you saw, I don't know, a bunch of horses, right, just sitting somewhere, and you went running at them, the horses are not likely to attack you. They're likely to be like, what the fuck is this guy doing? This guy in the hat and the beard. And they would run. <laughs> They'd scatter, right? <laughs> they would. Yeah, it's a. It's so a, it's yeah. almost like because they're on an even keel, the animals go back to reacting the way that animals do around humans. I mean, yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying yeah. to defend the book. Really. I, I'm, yeah, not, I'm not. I'm not it's, it's, this it's is going to be one of those. I'm going to tell you why <laughs> this book is great. But I almost kind of understand that concept a little bit. That and the fact that um, the feral humans are. They're also smart, so they they use trickery and they use kind of rudimentary weapons and stuff. So, oh, dude, they use straight up guns. At one point, yeah, they use guns. Um, but you know what I mean. So they are intimidated. They're very much like us if we were um, predatory towards animals. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the big. So, in addition to the animals are still attacking people because apparently we can't stop using cell phones, even though. Like, I mean, it's just dumb because any government would be like, oh, animals are breaking into people's apartment buildings and eating them, and there's blood running down the streets. We're going to stop cell phone usage. Like, that's what would actually happen. Um, in addition to that shit still going on for reasons that I can't fucking fathom, um, now there's the whole human threat. And that's the whole conceit of this fucking book is... Don't, you know, it wasn't enough that every animal in the world wants to murder me. Now some of the people do, too. Yeah, that pretty much wraps up 150-ish pages. Now I've got some bones to pick. Can we go into my bones? Listen, this podcast is only supposed to run like an hour, so if you're selective about the bones, <laughs> we can go into the bones. I got five, six bones. So let's start out with the time discrepancy. I'm very confident that I got this right. At the end of the first book, it takes place in the future. So the book came out in 2012, um, and I think basically what was supposed to happen, you'll remember um, from our other, if you haven't listened to our review of Zoo, I highly recommend it. It's awesome. Um, but at some point in the book, it jumps forward five years to 2016 because it was written in 2011 or whatever so it jumps forward five years to 2016 or no 2000 the the book ends in 2017 that's like the, the timeline of that book and this book which picks up after the events of of the previous book takes place in 2016 so there's already a problem with the timeline because from the end of the first book to the beginning of this book is probably around a year's worth of time. So we should be in 2018, and we're back in 2016. 
yeah, that's a that's certainly an issue. Not one that I noticed because I did zero research or <laughs> um, <laughs> reminiscing about zoo as uh, you you think maybe I would have right, but ugh. Yeah, you just probably slogged through it to protect your brain. That's not how I function. I had to drink to finish this book. Now, you know how often I drink, right? Yeah, practically never. Practically never. Yeah, so to finish this last night, I had to have two glasses of wine. That's the only (laughs) way I could get through this last night so we could do this now. So, time discrepancy, just bad planning. It's not like like this was a major detail. Um, If you're following up a book, I'm guessing you at least read it. Um, because it's a different author than the first one. The first one was Michael Ledwidge, I think. Um, if you're going to... Oh, gonna, really? Yeah. Holy shit, because I know this Max DeLillo name. So this Max DeLillo must have written something else with Patterson. You know how terrible I am with names. <laughs> oh, so you recognize it? And it's not because there's a... Right. So I'm going to look up Max DeLillo while you keep talking. And I'm going to have... Oh, Max DeLillo looks like a college professor who's 879. This cannot be the right person. No, this is Don DeLillo. Yeah, you're thinking of Don DeLillo, who's like a legit author. Now, why the fuck... Okay. So I just want to tell you, I searched... Bone to pick? Max DeLillo on Google. It said, showing results for Max DeLillo. And then the first entry is for Don DeLillo. And the second (laughs) entry is for Don DeLillo. And the third one's for Mark D. Pepper. What the hell? <laughs> Man. You. Oh, hold on. There's some Max DeLillo photos on MySpace. This might be better than I would you. <laughs> did you. Did you type the name right with a D-I-L-A? No, Max. I didn't. I totally didn't do that. I guess that. It, can you spell the last thing? The last thing from? Hang on. I'm searching for Max DeLillo now. <laughs> it's... There are no pictures. When you go there, there are no pictures. Uh, D I L A L L O, D A D I L A L L O. I also had a little bit of wine tonight too. Oh, okay. here we go. <laughs> There's a Facebook. Oh, Triple Threat. See, he's part. He wrote co-wrote Triple Threat with uh with James Patterson. Shockingly. Hmm. All right. Let's see. I'm gonna click on Max Delillo. Um, Zoo Two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, another bookshot coming out in September called 113 Minutes and Triple Threat. I must recognize that name just from that, that Triple Threat. These <laughs> guys haunting your dreams. Um, why, why wouldn't they get the first person? Oh, never mind. Why, why Michael Ledwidge is too busy. Doing? Doing, I mean, he's probably now co-authoring other books too, like Tom Clancy books or something. Michael Ledwidge, right? Yep, L-E-D-W-I-D-G-E. Um, April 7th, 2015, Burn came out, which was by Michael Ledwidge and James Patterson. Gone. Oh, this is the guy who writes the, the Michael Bennett series, which is okay. uh, like six, seven books deep. All right. Uh, so are we done with my first bone? Yes. Bone picked. Second bone really fast. Then chapter 11, there's a quote, Mommy, keep reading. That's the time... James Patterson ripped off our sign-off. We're positive that Patterson listens, but takes none of our advice. That's right. Because he doesn't like us. Um, I'm going to skip the next one. Okay. Chapter 31. There's a, there's a moment where they're driving a Jeep, and they're driving away from a feral human, and they look at the objects. They look at the, the mirror on the side, the side mirror, 
and it says the objects and mirror closer than they, and that's totally a rip off of Jurassic Park with the T Rex. Yeah, I don't. Um, I vaguely remember Jurassic Park. Like I saw it when it came out, and I don't know, was that like ninety five? Yeah, it was somewhere in the mid nineties. Yeah. yeah, and that's the last time I thought about Jurassic Park. Wow. Well, they totally ripped that off. Got it. Um, can we talk about stem cells? Yeah, I watched an episode on uh, on South Park about stem cells, so I don't oh, qualify. So to you're talk yeah, well studied on this. So chapter thirty six, which is close to the end, because there's I think thirty. It might be 40 chapters. Um, the the solution that they discover for trying to take feral humans and turn them back into non-feral has to do with using stem cells to regenerate a part of the brain that's dying. And I have no problem with that because, like, you could throw around stem cells all day and they're like this magical thing that's supposed to fix everything. Mm-hmm. Like, it, you know... Whatever it can like repair a broken relationship and stuff like that. I'm just like these fetuses. I wasn't born yesterday. <laughs> My favorite line in a South Park episode ever. But they decide to uh, the the method of delivery for the stem cells. That's and I'm and I'm fairly sure that it's just like a load of stem cells. <laughs> like there's no medicine or like chemical comp it's just stem cells and the method of delivery is a nasal spray now i'm no scientist i'm not a doctor (laughs) but i'm fairly certain that when i breathe that does not go to my brain which is the part that they're trying to fix uh well uh, like is the devil's advocate so it, let's just say that you were the type of person that would use cocaine, right? It yeah, I'm following you. Your brain. That's 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 what gives you the high, right? Yeah, so through the blood. blood system, right? Yeah. So is the circular? Yeah, but then it's going to go everywhere. It's not just going. It's true. not like yeah. all the stem cells okay. are going to load right into the brain. They're going to go all over your, your circulatory system. So <laughs> like you'll have stem cells, and you like so if you have a scar on your hand. And you fucking snort this stem cell spray. Does that mean the scar is going to go away? Like what? I don't know, but you're right. And and to be fair, it takes about 15 seconds for this to work. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, like, it's obvious that they tried to a degree to to figure out something that would at least sound plausible. But then they made it a fucking nasal spray. I, I have. I'm going to touch on this probably in my wrap up or kind of when we talk about the book as a whole because I, I have not, not specifically nasal spray, but this plays into my my thought through 150 pages of this book. <sighs> I got another bone. You ready for the next bone? This is where we're going to square off. I'm not going to. You know what? I'm not going to square off. <laughs> so I'm going to refer back to the <laughs> the synopsis. Where it says, will the last humans on Earth please turn out the lights? Still don't know what that means. I read the entire book. Still have no idea what they mean by that. And then I'm going to talk about, there's in the epilogue, where they're talking about... um, So if you think about the epilogue of this book, that means it takes place after the first book. All five years of the fucking chaos that happened in the first book with animals killing humans. Plus everything that happened in this book with humans and animals now killing humans. And there's a quote where it says, 
a quarter of the country has not been inoculated. That's 80 million potential feral humans. Now, I'm no mathematician. <laughs> We're really but... <laughs> learning all the things Rob's not this episode. If you're keeping track, that's like three things Rob is not. <laughs> not a scientist, not a doctor, not a mathematician. But I know eight times four. <laughs> and now I looked up some information. The current population of the United States in 2016 in real life is 324 million people. And if you divide that by four, that's about 80 million. So what that means to me is, in the last probably six years of a global crisis, the population in the United States has really not changed at all. Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I argued a little bit with Rob about this. So I was like, yeah, people are killed off, but people are born, and maybe they've leveled it out. And it's still kind of a problem, but people have fortified their, you know. But yeah, ultimately, I think it's just lazy writing. And, and that plays into my, my whole thought about this book. So, that's my that's my major bones. I had one more bone, but it was really, really kind of just a a nitpicky one. So yeah, while while we're on story, I'm going to address probably all the things that all the bones that you picked, except for him ripping us off. And keep reading. Um, this was, and this should probably all be post review anyway. But you know, let's let's talk about the 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 marketing, right? So Bookshots launches and it launches with Zoo, which I'm going to argue, and, and I have no numbers, but it's the only one that got a TV show. So we're going to have to argue that Zoo is one of the more successful Patterson collaborations, right? I mean, it got a TV show. So now you have, I, I don't know how many people buy a book and actually read it. Is it, you know, it was a bestseller. It's probably number one bestseller. So I'm going to assume, I don't know, 300,000 people, maybe let's just throw out a number, right? But now, it's a TV show on CBS, which I'm sure reaches in the millions, especially if it got renewed. Like you have to have several million viewers for something to be picked back up. So you launch Bookshots with Zoo 2 marketing, right? This is how we get people to pay attention to Bookshots. The other Bookshot book to be released is an Alex Cross book, which not arguably, it's an actually James Patterson written series and, and one of the only ones that he is the sole author of. So they launched brilliantly from a marketing standpoint. The two biggest things that they could do, that's what they put in front of people to get people on this book shots kind of thing. Does that sound accurate to you? Yeah, it tracks so far. I'm with you. All right. But, and I don't know what the cross book is like, but I'm going to talk a little bit about Zoo and what the problem is. So the story we're telling in Zoo is all in Zoo 2 sorry, is almost as big as the story we're telling in Zoo, right? So the progression is, how do we make this worse? We already had the animals. We kind of had this weird little solution. And yeah, we could bring this back by a book saying, well, that didn't last because OMG, everyone needed to use their cell phone. And we decided we didn't want to walk places and we clearly couldn't ride the horses. So we're using cars again and we still have this problem. The escalation is we take it to humans. But in reality, this should have been a full-length novel if we were going to carry out. I mean, it shouldn't because it's almost unreadable, but it should have been a full-length novel <laughs> based on the fact that we're telling a bigger story, right? Like, it's an escalation. So we went from, okay, it's raccoons and, and, and um, you know, dogs and cats that are attacking people to, holy shit, it's humans, and they can think. And, and at one point, the humans, you know, they, they pretend they're like, no, I'm human, really don't hurt me. But it's all a ploy to, to get you to, to let your guard down and, and for them to kill you. 
this was too big of a story to tell in this small of a scope. So everything felt super rushed. Nothing felt important. There's a scene where he escapes from um, a military base. Like, he's supposed to be taken to this other place. He's like, fuck this. I'm going to find my family because that's more important, which that's cool. I get it. But, like, he climbs out the window using sheets that are tied together in the line. This is, in, in a normal novel, this would have been maybe two or three paragraphs. And in this, I'm going to pull it up here. This is basically the line that denotes what happens. I'm about halfway down when, damn it, one of the sheets rips. I fall into some bushes. Like in a full-length novel, there would have been like, I'm trying to escape, I'm putting these sheets together, right? This A paragraph is covered with this dangerous escape. And everything feels super rushed. Um, Rob touched on it with the... the um, nasal spray like that's the solution the solution to all of this is put together in probably two maybe three pages the guy's wife is one of the people who becomes infected and she's treated and cured inside of 35 seconds so i mean this was all just a super patched together rush job money grab that was just ultimately terrible was that your wrap-up <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That, that, I'll let that serve as my wrap up. I mean, the the writing itself wasn't wasn't very good. Um, it was super cheesy throughout the whole book, and I, I have some examples. I don't even know if we'll go. No, I'm going to go into one because I'm angry. Oh, here we go. At one point, Oz subdues one of the two feral humans that he comes into close contact with. <laughs> I'm going to read this. You're under arrest. I can't help but say you have the right to remain human. Come on, man. This is garbage. Like, you just tied up a feral human that, that was going to kill you, and that's, that's, ugh. It's, it's fucking brutal throughout. Just absolutely throughout. There's this whole thing where his wife calls him, and, and I get it. She's, so, let's go back talking about full-length novel. She's in Paris. She, um, the house is overrun with, I don't remember, foxes or some shit, right? So her and her son escape after her parents are killed. And they are picked up by this mysterious group of people that's uh, uh, like a PETA, right? They're like animal-friendly people. And we never see any of that. The next thing we have is they were rescued from those people. But when she calls him, she uses a song lyric from something. Do you remember this? The I hold them in my yep. arms yep, yep. thing. And it's just so terrible that, all right, I get that. So you used a code to let him know everything's not okay. Totally get that, right? But then there's the line where he's gotten off the phone with them and he calls the president and basically demands that the president or whatever goes and rescues them or some kind of contact is made through somebody. And he says, um, all I could think about is how badly I want to see Chloe, Chloe and Eli again. And, and then in quotation marks, hold them in my arms after this is like their like terrible message. That, you know, this is how they tipped him off because this is like a bad thing that, that you know, a bad joke between them. I, it was just so rushed and so terrible. And I really pictured when they were picked up by those people, like, we're going to learn more about those people. There's going to be some escape by them. And it's just completely gone. It all happens off scene. Like, it's just next thing you know, the president's calling going, hey, we, we, we've got your wife and, and son and, and they're being sent to you. And it's just lazy writing i don't know if this would have been 375 pages if a lot of these things would have been covered or not but in this it was hasty and haphazard and just shittily written that's my wrap-up 
Now that's my wrap up. <laughs> I don't really know, like, if I need to say anything more. Um, Olivia's pretty much nailed everything. Uh, sloppy writing, really obviously bad plot uh, inconsistencies. Um, it's a, it's just like if I took a freshman in college who's doing their first like comp course and I said, write me a James Patterson book, like it would probably be, you know, a little bit more polished than the shit that we just fucking read. Um, bad, just terrible, terrible, terrible. The, <laughs> like Livia's mentioned the whole like, um, animal friendly group. The book hints at what would probably be a much better story that we're never, ever going to see. <laughs> and I think that's kind of like... in the shitty writing, at one point, um, I, I, I took a quote. I can't lie. This is exactly what it says. Feeling thirsty, I looked around for something to drink. <laughs> this is all very accurate. This is... And that's just not like... That's not an exception that's consistently happening throughout the book. This is terrible. Now, here's the thing. We can rail against this book as much as we want to. We knew it was going to be terrible, and we did it anyway. <laughs> so, but that doesn't excuse poor writing. I think people need to understand that, that James Patterson and his whole book mill, they don't care about quality writing. They care about giving you a story that is fast-paced, that it's like uh, sugar. It's like they're just pounding sugar into whatever to make it more um you know palatable to make it more you know desirable yeah but sugar is good i love sugar well i know well yeah i guess that's where the analogy falls apart but um we're not idiots either so that might have something to do with it so <laughs> can i can i throw out another quote please here's here's where i thought this might get a little bit interesting so um oz of course you know goes off the scientist drops off his wife and then, you know, he's paired with this other scientist named Sarah, who's attractive. I'm going to read a line here. <laughs> now, I thought, okay, this is going to be like a little bit of like sexual tension I, or something, right? I was pretty sure that that was the line, Sarah, who's attractive. No, 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 no. This is better than that. So, blah, blah, blah. Something says Sarah. She's blotting her glistening forehead with a bandana. I've forgotten how hot she looks when she's, well, dot, 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 hot. Yeah, that's a fucking groaner, man. Right I thought there. the same thing you did. I was like, I could, I could write, I could write this. I'm fucking terrible. I could barely string a sentence together and I could put something together that maybe at least story-wise is a little more compelling and or accurate. <laughs> um, I don't think we even need to do stars with this, right? No, no, hold on. Well, we have to because it's. it's oh, the yeah. right. Do you remember the one time we didn't do stars and we got called out on it? it was no. Like oh yeah. Oh, what was that guy's name? He stopped emailing us because I made a comment about emails on the podcast. Oh, is it DB Cox? DB Cox, yes. Really? Yeah. Did we not star his book? We did not star his book. Oh no. I know. I know. I think we retroactively started it after we got the A rate. Anyway. I genuinely feel bad about that. Here's another one. Are you kidding? That thing's like American Express. I never leave my three-room Arctic hut without it. That's quality writing. I don't know what you're talking about. Hold on. There's another one. Oh, I love this one because I, I have an example. The metal walls of our little weather station are rattling like a tin can. I have a tin can. All right. 
to be fair, I have probably an aluminum can in my hand. I want you to listen to this. Not the motorcycle. This. Do you hear this? I am shaking my can back and forth. Do you hear anything? No, it sounds pretty... Well, I mean, maybe that's what he meant. You know what? All right. Yeah. Maybe you're right. It's filled with, it, like, the, the, I don't know, analogies? Is that the right word? I'm not a bright guy. Analogies? Is that what they are? Uh, sure. I mean... Like, okay. Mm-hmm. They don't. Yeah. They don't. They don't even make any sense. And this one, I'm going to nitpick. But they're talking about this library. It says everything from Charles Dickens to Philip K. Dick. I'm pretty sure that's nothing. I'm pretty sure that that covers absolutely nobody in between Dick and Dickens. Oh, like they're next to each other on the shelf. Right? Aren't they? <laughs> oh man, I can't believe you picked up on that. You I, I challenge you to find a well-known <laughs> author that fits in between those two. And then no. to say everything from. <laughs> Baby, that's what he meant. I am fucking angry at this book. I'm angry <laughs> that we read it. I knew we knew what to expect. Oh. Oh my god. That is probably the best thing. Uh, well, I wonder what hold other on. people. Hold on, hold on. No, no. I'm not done yet. Uh, blah, blah, blah. My wife's bubbly 70 year old stepmother wraps her in an emotional hug. Okay, so we're talking about um, Chloe and her stepmother and how. Here it is. Marielle couldn't have children of her own, and before long, the two became extremely close, as if biological relatives. I mean, that would be extremely close. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is just shitty, lazy writing. Oh, and a man, shitty, yeah. Lazy story. You know what? Overall, on paper... When someone pitched this as the next book, and, and I'm, I'm I'm actually doing the quotation marks because I think longer, written by somebody that could do this well, the feral human idea was a good escalation from Zoo and and could have been done okay. Instead, this was a quick money grab. Needed to launch book shots with an Alex Cross book and oh, gee, I don't know. Zoo did really well. Let's get someone to write Zoo, and then they don't even get the the original guy. You've got this other Delalo guy who, you know, so when I try to type his name incorrectly on Google, it pulls up a completely different guy. <laughs> but uh, can we I'm hold? Can we can we hold the phone for a second? Sure. Because I just discovered on Amazon we don't use, we don't use phones on this podcast. And that's true because else. that would be fucking stupid to do in a podcast. Um, on Amazon for Zoo Two, I see. The Max DeLalo, right? But then I also see a bookshot called French Kiss, written by Richard DeLalo and James Patterson. I thought you were going to say Richard Thomas. I was like, no, we would have heard about this. <laughs> yeah, there's no way we would. That would have gone under our radar. Yeah. But they're another DeLalo, Richard and Max. Maybe they're related. That's likely. That's that's not just maybe. <laughs> that's, that's likely. A Detective Luke Moncrief story. Sure. We have to do uh, stars, so I think we. Unless you have anything else to say, I think we wrap this up, right? Yeah, I was. I was gonna see if we could see what other people were thinking about the book, but I don't know if you're up for it. I am totally up for this. But I'll. I mean, you know, it's zero stars for me. I. Ha- I can't. Is that? Can you put that in official wrap up form? What do you mean? Are you zero? For, for, for integrity's sake. Oh, um, I'm gonna give this zero stars. Is that what you mean? Okay. Yeah, 
I, uh, I'm going to go ahead and based on the things that I've said, I'm going to also give this zero stars. So hey. there you have it. This book has zero stars. Zero stars. With integrity. Because we actually went through and did the whole thing. That's right. Rob wanted to look at what other people said. Of course, the most um, entertaining ones are usually the top and the bottom, right? Yeah. I get the feeling when we... Usually if we think a book sucks, the best ones are the ones where people like it. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, there's only one one-star review um, by Hobby Horse. I'm sorry. I thought if I read this, I could feel the horror of the first book leave me. Well, this guy's a fucking idiot. Cause, or this woman. Sorry, this is Patty because um, she signed it. Um, it didn't... This What the fuck? I'm sorry... Oh, wow. Oh, she could have written. She's going to write Zoo 3. I'm sorry I thought <laughs> if I read this, I could feel the horror of the first book leave me. It didn't this one, though shorter, was just as bad. Sorry, Patty. Patty is suffering from some lack of punctuation. <laughs> I got... All right, so um, you're going you're gonna to love this. Five-star review by Sue Tully, entitled Hot Shots. Although I enjoyed reading this story with no end, I have come to the conclusion that I intensely dislike hot shots. <laughs> What's a hot shot? I know, like, I. They are too short and leave you in the middle of the story with no end in sight. Sight is S I T E, because that's how you see things. This is the second hot shot story I've read. She's really sticking with this hot shot thing. Bookshot? Bookshot? Bookshot, yeah. Oh. Wait, no, hold on a second. I, I, you know, that's that's a little confusing, but she gave it five fucking stars. <laughs> I yeah. intensely dislike, well, maybe she just dislikes hot shots. Read on. Perhaps she'll clarify and say, but these bookshots are fucking amazing. This would have made a great sample, but I need more than I... More than that i can use a bookmark when i stop reading this is really terribly written knowing i can come back and read more later now i have to wait till more is published and god knows when that will happen readers are now past the stage of enjoying serial or weekly episodes most of life knowing we can count on a good long book from authors like james patterson this makes no sense this is why we buy it exclamation all right so i'm going to search on amazon for hot shots and see what comes up Let's read, let's read whatever a hot shot is. Okay. S. Miller says, I was totally as engrossed by this book as I was by Patterson's first zoo book. I'm going to agree with that. I was equally as engrossed. <laughs> I didn't want it to come to an end. I don't know if I'd say that. It seems to have ended in an unfinished state, so I hope there will be another one. In fact, Patterson could keep them going forever to my delight. Look, the book came to an end. I think it's a clean end for something yeah. in a series, right? Like, we told this new story. The new story was Feral Humans, and they closed it out. We have a solution. We just have to figure out how to inoculate the other 80 million people or whatever that they came out to. All right, I found a book called Hot Shots. Oh, okay. Let's... <laughs> this, is, this is Wildfire's book one, written by Jana Lay. Um... Here's the synopsis. Warning for mature adult audiences contains language and actions that some may deem offensive. Sexually explicit content, multiple partners, male, male, female, male. 
Whoa, hold on. There's a male, male, female, male scene in there? Oh, it's there's, that, yeah, there's... It's a lot of people. I'm wondering why it wouldn't just be... Why is the female... I don't know, but anyway. In book one of Wildfires, Jez grew up with the knowledge she would follow in her father's footsteps. <laughs> her name was Jez. I gotta tell you, <laughs> she grew up knowing a lot of things are gonna happen to her. Her dream becomes a reality when she makes the cut as a hotshot, one of an elite team of firefighters that specialize in taming wilderness wildfires. What she didn't expect was to find an unconventional love that would burn hotter than any flame. And there's more. Alright, first of all, I I managed to find this. Um, Holy shit. These are, like, you know, we talk about unrealistic expectations for women based on art. This guy on the left-hand side of the cover (laughs) is not fucking human. I don't even know what's happening there, but I I can't imagine. He looks like he's got, like, a bug, like like exoskeleton. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, She looks uh, a little bit like she might be strung out on heroin. The, 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 the protagonist yeah. this is, yeah. And I know uh, that when I fight fires, I always wear a black leather jacket. Now, to be fair, this does, now, she, I don't know, this is about the same length, 121 pages, right? Yeah. All right, um, let's read a review for this, because it sounds <laughs> more interesting than the shit we just read. Uh, a fast, hot, in more ways than one ride that didn't end. Oh, see, here's end. another problem. There's a book with no <laughs> ending. <laughs> While the love in... Okay. And it's oh, no. The apostrophe I was hot. Didn't feel any romance or love between our characters, except Triss and Gray. Everything moves along too quickly, not just our group. What the fuck does that mean? And then stops, major cliffhangers. Only reason I gave the third star was because all the forest fire descriptions were fantastic <laughs> i actually felt like i was there with them holy shit you gotta give it up for good fire writing we have got to be doing listen here's the whole thing series shauna that wrote this review needs to have her own fucking book review podcast because it would be so much more fucking entertaining than what we do yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Oh, let's see. Um, here is a. Uh, I guess could do. We want to do any more reviews on this. We review this instead. Can we go back? If I had time machine, <laughs> just go and do this book instead. Yeah. We, we've done the erotica thing. I don't think it really worked out too well for us. I, I don't. Here's the whole thing. I don't know. This could be a review. Now I'm confused between all the tabs I have open. Let, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, have a, I have a I have a new I have a new segment for the show. We call it Patterson Review or Erotica Review, and we read a review of people guess. I love it. <laughs> okay, here's this is by Kelly. 121 pages for five bucks. Someone is on crack! Exclamation point. Now, to be fair, the book shot was only four dollars. Apparently, this person paid five bucks for this. Okay, so you've got to be kidding. Period. A 121-page, apparently horribly written and horribly edited, my personal pet peeve, book for five bucks. Um, no thanks. Patterson watch? Hot shot. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> How many stars did, did Kelly give that book? One. One star. All right, because I'm looking at the other stuff she reviewed. <laughs> one star for Fire and Ice, Taming Team 10, book four. That sounds <laughs> sexy. Bear and Bear Alike, a BBW paranormal shapeshifter romance, got one star. She's really got high standards. Cowboys of Fire Mountain, which is a five-book series, got one star. Uh, Oh, here we go. Romance. 
paranormal romance, two vampires, one BBW, Menage shapeshifter romance, BBW, vampire fun love and romance. Got one star. <laughs> Once forgotten, twice loved. All right, Kelly's just a real, uh, real strict reviewer, I think. Or just chooses the worst books to read. I, I'm halfway through typing something that'll probably get me kicked off Amazon. <laughs> I started commenting on her post for um, whatever. Hot shots. Fire, and, fire and ice. <laughs> it says, Kelly, it seems like you made everything you read. Maybe you should. And then I stopped. And I was going to say, find a podcast that reviews books for you so that you don't have to keep giving out one-star reviews. I think you're, I think you're onto something. I think, I think we need to start. <laughs> this is how we're going to build our audience. Hey, listen, I'm telling you, Hot Shots would have been more fun to review. <laughs> I'm having more fun now than talking about the fucking Patterson book. If Kelly responds to you somehow we have to have I'm, her I'm guest not, review I'm something not, i'm not i can't I, oh they'll kick me off amazon won't they kick me off amazon maybe they won't kick me off amazon. i guess there's one way to find out she's got to be a big deal because she's re- her reviewer ranking is number four million nine hundred nine thousand two hundred thirty <laughs> she's kind of a big deal ws <laughs> all right i'm not gonna plug book in this that are worth more than one star <laughs> Google <laughs> you should recommend backdooring the brat <laughs> review podcast <laughs> that's it I'm going to comment on this sign in and post I'm going to receive email when you post to me <laughs> oh this is in. when Livius starts a flame war with a girl who's reading cheap smut on Fucking Amazon every review was one star and she was very concerned about the price per page which I think we address right sometimes like yeah we did remember do you remember when we did how much we paid for this book it lasted like three episodes oh yeah, no yeah. a thing just popped up I'm talking about the final season of Downton Abbey which I've seen but it makes me sad just to see it <laughs> are, you, are you done attacking poor Kelly I was simply making a suggestion that might improve her, her, yeah. Yeah, I'm done. done. All right. Wow. That was, uh, that was more fun than reading a James Patterson book, I'm going to say. That was a lot more fun than reading a James Patterson book. (sighs) So, you got anything else? No, well, yeah, we are going to read one more bookshop, right? Uh, well, we're going to read the Rob, we have to read the Rob Hart thing. I know. I know, and God, I'm hoping that fares better than this fucking piece of shit did. Well, we've liked everything we've read by him, and, and if unless he's totally lying or like they do some really horrible stuff after the fact, it sounds like they're giving him a lot of like room to write the book the way he wants. So I got I, I got high hopes for it. It's at least going to get some sort of star, like a star. <laughs> like there will be stars. <laughs> um. That's, uh, yeah, no. What do we got? I'll tell you what we got. We got What's Up Next. Um, What's Up Next is, thanks to Jesse Lawrence, there are uncorrected proof copies in each of our hands of Disappearance at Devil's Rock by Paul Tremblay. Yeah. Uh, That is going to be next. And I think we're only two reviews away from the lazy summer of podcasting. So, hold on. Listen to this. This is the sound of a Paul Tremblay book. Nice. Paper. I'm gonna read a paper book. Hang on, I'm trying. Paper book. I gotta do it too. Here we go. 
God, if I, it sounded as bad when I did it, I apologize to all the listeners. Here, how's it? How's it? Like... Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like, at first it sounded like you were flipping through pages. That sounded like you were hitting your microphone. <laughs> hardcover book repeatedly. It's the wind. Yeah. Um, the, the draft. That's up next, and I'm not going to commit to what's up after that, because I still have to reach out to the publisher, which I was supposed to do four months ago, but I don't think it's going to be any <laughs> copy of this book. Ladies and gentlemen, when Livius commits to do something, it'll happen within the year. It will. Well, here's the problem. I was like, yeah, I'm totally going to be all over this. So I was like, shit, this thing doesn't come out till June or July. I have plenty of time. And then all of a sudden, I was like, holy shit, it's June. So... <laughs> it could be it could be though the first anthology we've done in a while. Yeah, since like 2014. It's been that long? No. Well, we didn't do any in 2015 unless you count that GGL and literary tribute. Well, no, cuz that was a literary tribute, so I guess you're right. Man, I'm trying to think. I I'm here's what happens when you get old. You start losing track of how much time is in between things. So, um, Burnt <laughs> Tongues was that 2014? Yeah, dude. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I could go back to my trusty spreadsheet. No, no, I, I believe you. I believe you. I just, it doesn't seem, I, I would have said that was last year that we did that. Oh, no, we did the Hyde Hotel this year. Yes, we did. See, and that was this year. I like um, the Hyde January. Hotel. So it's been about, you know, half a year yep. still. So we're going to we're gonna do, uh, hopefully, uh, an anthology. I'm not going to, I think that astute listeners to the podcast will, will remember us mentioning this at some point, and, uh, and we'll know what we're talking about. Maybe better than me, because I don't remember what we were talking about. Do I need to kind of tell you what? what no, you I know. I'm just giving okay. you a hard time. All right. All right. Okay. All right. Just trying to be funny. Like, you you represent yourself in different ways than you really are. I was trying to do that thing, but then you took me seriously. Gotcha. I don't rep- I'm exactly the way I represent myself. <sighs> All right. Right now, I'm two glasses of wine in. That's how I'm representing myself. Yeah, you're representing fucking Sutter Home. <laughs> I am. I am. Will you go ahead? Just ask me. Just ask me. What What are you drinking? Oh yeah. So um, <laughs> I am. Uh, I am now done with a bottle of Apothic Crush. Ooh. Which was uh, which was on sale at Jewel for nine dollars and um, worth every penny of the nine dollars. I um. Back when I was just living in Vermont and buying bottles of wine and drinking them in one night, um, Apothic Red was one that I had had on multiple occasions. I've had Apothic Red in, in years ago, and it was okay. But I saw this, and this was new, and has a cool label, so I bought it, and now it's gone. Now it's gone. Yep. Thanks, James Patterson, for helping me along with uh, with drinking a bottle of wine, because that was the only way I was going to finish that piece of shit last night. <laughs> um, yeah. Thanks, James Patterson, I guess. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Come back next episode for our review of Paul Trembay's Disappearance at Devil's Rock. And Livius has something to say. Ooh, there's going to be a book live that you won't be able to see live by the time you hear this. <laughs> right. But you'll be able to see the recorded version on YouTube. So check that out before you come back next week. Yeah, so if you want to not miss this shit because you're waiting to hear stuff on episodes, how about you do this? Join the Books Podcast Lips Listening Group, or Lipsening Group, which is way different. The Lispening um, Group, which we talk like this. Lispening Group. Um, on Facebook, if you sign up, if you go to bookedpodcast.com, you're going to absolutely not be able to miss the fact that there's a newsletter you can sign up for. Sign up for that, and we will give you advance notice of upcoming things like Booked Live, 
Um, and those are probably the best ways to, or just follow us on Twitter and Facebook and stuff like that. And, and you'll, you'll find out. Become personal friends of Rob's and then he messages you a day in advance of everybody yeah. else. That, you know, book, book yeah. I was, I've been texting people during the recording to make sure that they knew that it was coming up. So yeah, if you're friends with me, I'm just saying, man, you get the inside scoop on a lot of stuff. Hey, um, Europe. I think that at some point we'll try to do one of these in the afternoon so you can get in on it. Yeah, so it's not like 3 in the morning or whatever for them? Yeah, I feel bad because I feel like a good portion of our listenership might be um, not in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're not going to do it in the morning. It would have to be like noon or something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, do you... (laughs) Don't even... Yeah, I know. (laughs) I fucking... Every time we've had to talk to someone in Australia or Korea or... Japan, it's just the most grueling nonsense ever. Pretty much. And yeah. then, then people would be like, oh, this must be Livius drunk because he's really mean. No, no, Livius is not a mean drunk. <laughs> Livius is a mean, sleepy person. Can I can I do my impression of, of Livius <laughs> interviewing someone and it's 7 in the morning? <laughs> Don't let me stop you. Um, so, do you have any influences? And then there's a there's an answer, and he's like, "Okay, so any books that you like that you read lately?" Like it's just so quick, and like he, in the tone of your voice, it's obvious that you could not give any kind of fuck. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much me in the mornings. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> we should maybe we could make that a Patreon like level. <laughs> Where we have a call with us, like a Skype call, like five minutes after I've woken up. If you, yeah, if you're contributing like 15 bucks a month, you get one. Once a year, you get a 7 a.m. call with Livius and Rob. Uh, yeah, I don't like mornings very much. Anyway, we don't do this in the morning. We do it at night when you and I are both at our best. So this is what you get, guys. Night owls, man. Oh, wait, that's not an owl. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> Wow, dude! You had to go Fucking reach into it. Attack, attack of the owls. I don't get it. Zoo. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm off. I'm gonna. I'm just. I'm already thinking about the new episode of Penny Dreadful. So my, I'm already checked out from this episode. You should totally go do that. I'm gonna go to sleep because I have to be up early to go to work. So right. um, until next time, I'm Olivia Snedden. Now I'm Rob Olson. Keep reading.